Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This week's Dumpty Dum is sponsored by Dina Dawkins, who became a new Patreon this week. So if we're talking about Dina Dawkins becoming a Patreon, this must be Dumpty Dum, the show with radically lucky drum that is centered on Amrich in the heart of the middle. I'm the great baby machine. Mm, I didn't write this. That is Royfield Brown. And today I'm joined by the topaz loving granny. That is Jacqueline Berto in Sanguine, France. This week's Dumpty Tum was lovely. And it's from Michael Wellock and his daughter, Anwin. Thank you both. Now on this episode, we'll hear from a lot of people. We're hearing from Jen, Jenny with a G, Rachel who likes frogs, Sandra, Rob, Claire from Clapham, Sarah in Kent... Polly Perks, Brian, Griselda, Lily, Rob Williams, Queen Bee by the Sea, Auntie Annie, Charlotte, Miss Christmas, and our Witherspoon. And I've got to thank you for coming to the aid of the podcast because I sent out a little message saying we've only got four caller in and then my goodness, we had another fifteen in short time so thank you Dumpty Dummers because as we always say this is the people's podcast this is yours and without you there is no Dumpty Dum so apart from all that good stuff we've got tweet of the week from our purple pumpkin and we have a social media roundup from our Katie don't forget we are on YouTube if you want to see what some of the actors who look like who actually play some of the great characters on the arches go to YouTube type in Dumpty Dum and you'll see some of our great interviews with them don't forget write us a review because the more reviews we get it means that more people get to listen to our podcast it means the Dumpty Dum community actually grows we have Facebook Roundup and we're going to be welcoming new members of our, to our Facebook group on this week's episode but oof. yes what a lot <laughs> but first let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue the Queen or Tart. Hello lovely people, it's Sue, Queen or Tart on the Twitters here and another week in Ambridge. 
and what a very peculiar week it's been. There are two main storylines running up against each other, a bit like watching the Grand National roller coaster at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. The red cars were Shula's departure from Ambridge as Judy Bennett retires. And I'd just like to register the lovely scene with Charles and Judy talking at the naming ceremony. The blue cars were all about Chelsea's pregnancy and who is the father. They jostle for position this week as the scriptwriter Tim Stimpson toyed with us. Now that we know it's Ben, looking back at the week, I can see how we've been manipulated. Beth packed for the move and she shove off to Magaluf to drink and get her to tea, presumably. She and Shula talked about how much she's looking forward to living in the stables, what a lovely life she and Ben are going to have. But at the same time, Shula was swamped with tasks before she could leave Ambridge for Sunderland. I lived in Sunderland for two years, incidentally, about 40 years ago. I hope Shula has multiple jumpers to go with her cardigans and a very sturdy umbrella. The wind off the North Sea is brutal. Just in time, Kenton's surprise turned up and it was Dan popping out from a horse box. And whoosh, the baton went over to the blue team and Chelsea finds out that Dan was adopted by Alistair. Maybe this is an option for her baby. There were hours of discussion, or at least it felt like there were hours about who the father is, that she's got to get on with her decision. Chelsea talked to Jimus and Dan and Alistair. I really wish she had a female friend to talk to. She needs someone other than a late middle-aged childless vet to check her facts with. Back to the red team, with Shula and Dan visiting Mark's grave. That was very touching and reminded us of the time when he was killed and Shula finding out she was pregnant under very different circumstances to Chelsea. It was a bit of a this-is-your-life moment, reminding us of Shula's highlights, especially at the bull with the life and times of Shula. I do hope Jill wasn't shocked by any of the questions. Over to the other track. Jazza gave Alistair a piece of his mind for helping Chelsea. Oh, Jazza, leave it. He's not worth it. Let's have a cup of tea. Sorry, I came over all EastEnders then. Ding! Back to Shula and Jimmus talking about looking after Mark's grave while she is up north. What a very lovely man Jim is. If Chelsea keeps the baby, could he be a godfather? Or a guide like George, Kira and Xander? If they have a naming ceremony like Martha's one? There are many things I could suggest about Martha's future with those three as guides, particularly George. I shall restrain myself. Well, I'm back to Shula with an awkward moment with Neil shoving her foot in it. Some things are just less, best left forgotten. Quick aside, Alice is going to run the stables. Good. Well, the blue team brought it back in with some screaming on the ride, at least from me. There was a red herring of her talking to Freddie before Chelsea told Ben that he was the father of her child. I cannot begin to say how wrong this is. Very, very disappointed. Till next week, then. Should be a good one. We'll be losing Shula. Thank you for that, Sue. Ooh, well, what a week, huh, Jacqueline? Normally, we'd be talking, wouldn't we? We will, about... would be, but no, but can't no, this week. No, no, there's no talking to be had, because I know you like to gas on about all things I do, things and I have lots of things. Um, yeah, but I also like to talk about the archers. There's lots of things I wanted to talk about this week. I'll save them up for next week, in case right, no one then. calls in. <laughs> well, here we go then, folks. Let's take a deep breath.
Hello, Ambridge3962. So we have a plethora of calls. So we're going to play the first three kind of in chronological order of how we got them to give you a little bit of a feeling of how things developed this week in Ambridge. Greetings, Royfield and Jacqueline. Jen here, just calling in. I think it, I think it's very lovely that Chelsea is confiding in Alistair and Jim and that Alistair and Jim are so concerned about Chelsea, but it's a bit odd. They have no direct relationship to her. As far as I can tell, the relationship is she is their ex-lodger and friends, sort of, not officially, kind of grown-up stepchild. So I know she wishes that Jim was her grandfather and that Alistair was her father, and that's very reasonable. And it's all rather lovely that it's working out this way, but my goodness, that wouldn't really work in real life, would it? I mean, it's all a bit bizarre. I think for the first time, instead of it being have an abortion or have the baby and keep it, we might be looking at the first adoption storyline, which as someone who was a prospective adoptive parent or, you know, who was approved to adopt but actually couldn't adopt, there was no availability of children, I'm really pleased that they are actually highlighting that there is a third way. It's not ideal. The ideal is obviously that, you know, it's a planned pregnancy or that the mother is able to keep the child, but when they're not, there is a positive second option. And let's see, it might be that they're going to at least have Chelsea consider that, which I think would be really nice. So in a rather strange but sweet way. And then Shula, yeah, I don't think we're going to hear from her again. We've had um, pretty much a week of Shula going around and saying goodbye to everyone. So sadly, it does look like she's going and I will miss her. Of course, I don't like her very much, but she's part of the furniture. She's part of the Archer's family. And she's most definitely a part of the Archer's family. And I think people will miss our shul a bit. Other people do talk about the the hole that will be left in the fabric of Ambridge when Shula Hebden-Lloyd is no longer there. And I know, for one, you will be crying into your... What what nighttime aperitif do you have there in France before you go to bed? Before I go to bed, it's usually a, <laughs> a lemon and ginger tea or something like that. You'll be crying into your lemon and ginger tea. <laughs> And there is no more Shula. So let us now go on to Jenny with a G. Hello, it's Jenny with a G here from Coventry. I just wanted to give some personal thoughts on um, the Chelsea storyline and to kind of empathise with the difficulty and the seriousness of the decision that uh, that Chelsea is going to have to make. As somebody who struggled to conceive, the position that Chelsea is in was very enviable to me when I was younger and it it really puts it into context I think but also as somebody who is now a parent to adopted children I also understand the impact of on children of being born to parents who are not ready or incapable of parenting and the lifelong effects that that can have on them so really feel for Chelsea particularly when she wished a, a miscarriage upon herself that was absolutely heartbreaking but I just think the storyline's being handled very well it's being taken very seriously Chelsea's distress and inability to make a very very difficult decision at 
her young age is being portrayed really, really well. So congratulations to everybody who's been involved in this story. It's really affected me and really touched me. And I just hope that Chelsea makes the right decision for her. I'm doing this before Friday night's episode, so I'm hoping tonight we'll find out who the daddy is. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Jenny with a G, for a great call. And I know we say it all the time. But one of the reasons why this thing is so wonderful is because through the storylines, it actually reminds us of things that we've gone through in our own lives. It was really brave of you also to to open up about your problems conceiving. So and then for you to be able to contrast that with with with, with the storyline, Jenny. So we we really th- thank you for that, and it just goes to the, to the heart of really what we do here which is fundamentally we talk about our own personal lives through the lens of the archers don't we indeed yeah we do and the adoption storyline as well as Mm. an adoptee of children she does know firsthand how difficult it is for the children born to people who have to give them up for some one reason or another to for adoption jen also said something about the adoption process so what i thought was great is the conversation between Dan and with Chelsea, which at first I didn't realise the significance of that, but mm. it is another option, isn't it? You it know? is another option. It, it's it's another not one option. I want, but... Also contrasts with biological fathers and then fathers, people who are your father figures who have taken on the mantle of actually being there. Yeah. And that's what Chelsea also and, and thought about during the conversation with Dan. Right. Now, I don't normally run this show. Normally I let you, Otto. But <laughs> just because I have this order, right, right, let's go to Rachel from Doncaster. You're up next. Hi, Royfield and Jacqueline. Rachel now from Doncaster here. So it was Ben. I was so expecting Josh to recap Ben spills his drink on Chelsea. He's in a terrible mood. She calls him an idiot. He storms off. And presumably then she goes to find him to apologise and is just very nice to him. And he totally uses her to get his mind off Beth. And that is nasty. I imagine that he's just going to feel like this pregnancy is going to threaten his relationship with Beth and he's just going to be rubbish. That's what I'm expecting. I did enjoy the big reveal moment, but now I'm quite apprehensive about how tedious the fallout's going to be. When we first met Beth, I loved her straightforwardness, her self-respect, her clear boundaries. I think the reason I entertained the idea that Ben could have kissed Steph was because I wanted to believe the best of Beth and that she wouldn't be overreacting to something that hadn't happened. She was reacting to something that had happened. Given her overreaction last time, there was a drama that's just going to be more angst than I can be bothered with. I think Beth might have Tom Archer sausage era potential for a level of whinging and complaining I hope to be proved wrong for a while Beth and Ben were my second favorite couple like after Neil and Susan obviously but if they're in an actually healthy relationship with healthy communication I think Ben would have already told her which would be an amazing twist if everyone acted their best selves but I'm not gonna hold my breath Mm, everyone are acting best selves yeah who who was revealed as the father Royfield so (laughs) <laughs> no definitely not you're li- listening to a different program aren't you <laughs> Sol. so sure you were so sure it was Sol. well that's it another on the rifle brown list of triumphs triumphant uh, <laughs> predictions well, well, I, well i did say 
at the start of this, in eight years of doing this podcast, I've had one prediction turn right. One. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was very, uh, you know, so I did put my record out there for people to basically say, you don't know what you're talking about. But, but it's to, easy to, to remember po- now, isn't it? You still only got one prediction <laughs> correct. <so. laughs> it would get com- complicated if you had to keep remembering how many you'd got correct. When I said it was Sol, it was the fact that he was at the rave and then it was what would the ramifications actually be there's going to be you know it's going to mess up with lily and russ and etc etc we have that in spades with with best so the thinking wasn't wasn't really wrong no i agree with you i can see where you're coming from but you were wrong yeah, I, I, I was. Well, OK, don't have to rub it in. Don't have to rub it in. <laughs> but what I loved about Rachel's call is they're saying, right, so this is what happened. So she gave us the recap. Indeed. You know, which is utterly wonderful. If you, I'm not sure um, I agree with her, but we haven't got time to oh, talk okay. about that. So. Oh, right. Sorry, what, what quickly don't you agree with? Well, I'm not so sure, you see. she was Ben was very drunk and she was all very cross with him. So why would they end up having uh, sex in that well, case? But here's the thing. Inhibitions are lowered when, when someone's half cut, aren't they? Yeah, but he was we drinking a horrible cider, things, wasn't he? We do and say things which we wouldn't normally do. Mm. And they're at this big festival. And Right, now, enough chattage from you and okay. I. I think we should limit ourselves to about 60 seconds after each caller in because otherwise this is going to be an epic <laughs> show. I know that after two calls, we're supposed to do the, you know what, let's look at the script. Let's do this. It says All after right, two calls. Right. So two calls then. And now the best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is, is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dum. Don't forget the T in the middle. And you can also find the link in our show notes. Please, we need your calls in by 6pm on Sunday UK time. Please you keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 years old. Now, we need your help because this is the People's Podcast. There are three things that you can do to help Dum Dum. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. And if you wouldn't mind, give us a five-star review. Just just review us, basically, on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely, hugely, hugely appreciated. And finally, the third thing is that you could consider becoming a patron like, like Deanna Dawkins has this week. And a patron is where tipping creators, people that make stuff on Tinternet, and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you go to patreon.com and search for Dumbly Dum, we'd be chuffed to bits to have your support. And again, we thank Deanna Dawkins for becoming a patron. Now, before we go back to our calls, don't forget you can send us an email if you don't fancy hearing the sound of your own voice by going on to dumdydum.com and hitting the contact us link now. Back to the caller in us. And next we have Matthew Horsepool. Hello, this is Matthew Horsepool. Welcome to the lower car park at Coventry Cathedral, where I'm coming to you between two services. So, it's Ben. I can't say as I'm terribly surprised that it's Ben. I'm a bit disappointed that it's Ben. I didn't want it to be Ben. But, well, here we are. Mystery solved. When... Philippa and Quentin were hosting this podcast. I said then when Ben and Beth first got together that I really thought that Ben and Beth were in it for the long haul. And I still actually 
on quite a serious level believe that. I'm not sure that the relationship will survive in the short term. I think there may have to be some processing done. But I can't imagine Beth being terribly angry or at least not being terribly angry for very long because she'll be angry and she'll be shocked and then she'll sort of take a step back and realise that actually it was all her fault because she really just should have believed Ben anyway. And Ben will be feeling absolutely terrible because he should never have betrayed Beth. And so actually I think the thing that will get between them in the relationship is not necessarily anger or you know trying to place blame one on the other. I think it will just be absolute guilt. And if they can get past that then I think actually the relationship will continue. Of course, whether Chelsea has an abortion or not will also play into this. I think if Chelsea does have an abortion, the relationship has a much stronger chance of, of solidifying, you know, of getting back together. I suppose I'm helping, hoping that Chelsea has an abortion because I'm really pro Ben and Beth, but, but, but there you go. Thank you, Matthew. And thank you for giving us that, that on-the-spot caller in from the, the car park of uh, Cathedral. I, I think he says convict. Yeah. Boom. Between yeah. two services. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, Matthew, but... you need to tell us what you're doing in your life and what you're doing there in that car park. Let's call her in <laughs> Next time you call her in <clears throat> Yeah, very interesting what he says. Yeah, I do mm. remember him calling in and lots of people were pro, pro, as many people are pro Ben and Beth as are anti Ben and Beth. I I agree with him. I think that they're going to have a blip and they may split up, but ultimately they'll get back together again. And it won't be a little mini split, it'll be a major break because they're very young for goodness sake. But but it really does depend on oh you know what but other other people say this late later on though don't they so you know I I don't know what's to be said because this is a proper dialogue which has been had between Dumpty Dummers call call is here because you can just hit them and one person says one thing then another person kind of slightly refuses about what this could happen and that could happen so you know what Psh, yeah psh, we'll stop no, we'll no, stop no, it yeah, yeah exactly know. let's get yeah. on playing those calls right, they've said all right, it all sorry. so that was Matthew in in the cathedral car park. All right, and, and now uh, we go to Hertfordshire, part of Middle England, and it's Lily. Hello, Royfield and Jacqueline. This is Lily from Hertfordshire calling. I hope the audio quality is okay. I'm just out with my dog. First of all, I just want to say that Archer's listeners are a right old contrary bunch. We moan when there's too much focus on the horror bins, when there's too much focus on Kate and her alcoholism, when there's too much focus on Rob and Helen, that there's not enough cricket and summer fate and bits and pieces going on and then we moan when the scriptwriters focus on the little idiosyncrasies of families we want to know where the drama is god we'll, we're never going to be satisfied and a part of that i have seen there's been a lot of criticism of how much time is being spent on chelsea and the horror bins in general and i just kind of want to say that i'm really convinced by the performance of chelsea currently as a young person having to make maybe the first big grown-up decision of her life where an adult or a trusted friend can't say here you go here's the right decision it's such a scary kind of first experience and i think that you know the performance of the actress and the script writers have done a really convincing job you know as someone who works with young people i recognize so much of my students, their voices, the, the, ju- the justifications they have for things in Chelsea. I do think it is very, very convincing. Whatever the outcome is, I think it is so, it's so good to have this playing out in real time, almost, because there will come a point where if she can't make her choice, the choice will be made for her. Thank you so much. Mm. Excellent. Says it all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, next call. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, all. It's Brian. Big week this week. And of course, the note that Judy Bennett is playing Sheila is actually leaving. I didn't realise that. I feel I ought to take back some of the nasty things I said about Shula <laughs> recently. I wish her all the best, uh, whatever she's starting to do now. So I don't know if they plan to recast her after Sojourn in Sunderland, or as long as I've been listening, we've always had a Shula. That will be a big change. Okay, then. Thanks, Em. Bye. Yes. You know, it's easy to forget with all the, the revelation of who the daddy was that Shula... She's she's going to be going up north and they are preparing a proper little send-off for her. There's a Shula quiz, the scene where Brian says goodbye to her. And, of course, they're married <laughs> in real life, you know. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, a know. nice little echo, wasn't it, that? Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. what I want to know is when's Brian's heart attack going to happen? It gets him why, out. Why do we want Brian? Why are you, why are you trying to wish that on old Brian? I'm not wishing it on him, but if she's retiring, Jenny Bennett's, uh, Judy Bennett's, excuse me, is retiring, then surely, surely Charles Collingwood is going to want to retire as well to spend more time together. So what's going to happen to yeah, Brian? Is that really good for most, you know, couples to spend more time together? <laughs> My lips are sealed. <laughs> We've just had major building works done in this house to make mm-hmm. sure that when Mr. B does decide to finally mm-hmm. stop working, and he's 74 this year, then I've got a room of my own to retire to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you that the lovely thing about mum and dad is they retire to the bedroom in the middle of the afternoon and just, and just watch TV. And you, know, and you tap on the door. And, you know, they go, come in, and you, and you go in, and then they're just, like, cuddled up watching some quiz programme, you know, and it's and actually, you know, yes, they bicker. So, yeah, can work for a lot of people. It can work. It can work. So completely contradicting myself. But anyway, so you're going to miss Shula. She be, she's your favourite actress in the whole show. I agree and... totally with Brian there. I feel slightly guilty that I've driven her away. But I won't, miss, <laughs> I, won't miss, I won't miss Shula at all, really, apart from as a piece of normal, natural furniture in Bridge. You just like to have her as a hate figure. Basically, don't. it's not hate. It's not. I'm more ambivalent about her. No, You're not. No. <laughs> if you were ambivalent, you wouldn't even remember the name of the character. You'd be like, what's her name again? You uh-huh. don't like her. You just no. I don't like little... her. She's kind of a bit for me. She's too kind of vanilla. Too kind of. Bleh. And then when she decides to have a, a definite view about something, it's almost like completely the opposite of what I would think. So, and I would never wear a beige cardi. Mean, mean. Massively helped Alice out. She's a great person if you have a problem. She's a great sounding board. She she lets you talk. She lets you figure out what you need to do but by does just she, being does she? a no, great listener. No, no, no. Yes. Yes. No, I yes. don't think she does. I Alice, think she turns everything towards point. her. I have to say that I oh, was impressed MG. with her with Alice. Yeah, mm. she did do a good job with Alice, but mm. she always makes everything about her. In this naming ceremony for Martha, she turned her little speech, which was all very lovely, but it was all about big decisions, about her making decisions. There's nothing about her. She was there as the officer. Come on. Number one, 
the script writers did that so she can give she given herself a valedictory send off. Right, that's the script writers, wasn't her? But also, it was really good because look at the effect that it had on Lillian. Yeah, it's true. There you go. There you go. Start yeah. being mean to Auntie Shula. Auntie Shula <sighs> is awesome. Oh dear. Well, I don't like Kenton either, so it must be them twins. So there you go. What do you mean you don't like Kenton? Ugh, he's just, he's like a cartoon character to me. Oh, I really can't do this show with you any longer. <laughs> Queen Bee, come rescue me. Hi, it's Queen Bee by the sea calling in because I think it's been interesting this week around issues around fatherhood um, or parental responsibility. Poor Chelsea trying to decide what to do. Of course, the decision is hers. But it's been interesting to see how people responding to the idea of what expectant fathers or fathers in general could be or should be doing. You know, we've seen Chelsea's own dad be completely useless. We've seen Jazza attempting to take on that role for her. And I guess he's been trying to be supportive, but he's been a bit too heavy handed and blustering around and having a go at Alistair. We've had Alistair quietly supporting her by doing some research and sensibly not actually advising her what to do. You've got Jim, obviously still trying to make up for his failures as a father in the past and now realising how fortunate he is to have a grandson via Alistair's adoption of Dan. I thought it you know, interesting that Tracy recognised that the father of Chelsea's baby would, if she had the baby, would have to pay maintenance legally, whether or not that person, the father was on the birth certificate. But that doesn't mean that they necessarily would pay up. I thought it was interesting that it was touched upon whether or not you would want to put the father's name on the birth certificate, because if you don't, then that person doesn't have parental responsibility. Thank you for that, Queen Bee. Yes, there are ramifications, whether you put names on birth certificates and then chasing an errant father for child support can be a pain in, pain in the bum, if not just an impossible task. And, and if that father has little or no income, you can chase him all you want, but you're not going to be get you're not going to be getting anything out of him. So the, these were all really, really good points that that were were made during the show. And what I really liked about this week was the fact that the scriptwriters are layering on all of this for us, but in such an organic way. It didn't feel like Alice went so okay. So here are your da da da, and Alistair did present this as. This is kind of the law, but it's for Chelsea to make up the, her mind of, of what to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it can only be her that makes the final decision. And as Claire said, you know, it's probably the first big decision that she's made in her her life. So mm. can only make it for herself, but people can guide her. And Alistair uh, was brilliant. He was. He was. She went to the right person, didn't she? So she you know. did. I mean, it was it was serendipity, really, because she he was she was walking along the road. He saw her, thinking she was running away again, and she got in the car, and then 
who helped her from there on. And that's great neighborhood, neighborly thinking, neighborly yeah. doing. Chelsea isn't ready to become a mother. She just isn't. And that when many people have parenthood thrust upon them, they do rise to the challenge. But it's one thing if you rise to the challenge, if you don't think you're ready, if you're 27, but at 17, you know what? And fin- and in that household, as we said last week, you know, they're already struggling financially, space-wise. Absolutely. And all the rest of it. No, really yeah. a disaster. You know, Chelsea is 17, but she almost feels like she's a bit younger to me in mm. terms of her just he, emotional volatility. You know, yeah. she feels more like she's like 14 and a half going on maybe 15. Yeah, right? she's flouncy, and, isn't she? Yeah. And, and, um, and you know what? And there's nothing wrong w- with that. But you know what? Just have the time to become an adult. You know, because you're not there yet. You're absolutely not there yet. Just because you have the physical attributes of an adult doesn't mean that mentally and emotionally that that, that you do. So you know, true. So. so true. Now we're going to go to Bath, or is it Bath? It's Bath. What? Is it Bath? Is it? It is All right, Bath. All right, Charlotte from Bath. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Royfield and Jacqueline. It's Charlotte from Bath. Ah. I was on tenterhooks all this week, and I'm really looking forward to what happens next week in Ambridge. Just a few thoughts from me. It's sad that Judy Bennett is retiring from the Archers, but the script this week with her in was great. I especially liked her saying she'd keep in touch with Brian, her real-life husband, and making peace with Neil, even though he still sounded a bit embarrassed about it. But overall, I'm not sorry we're losing Shula and Dan. I found them so condescending this week. Shula talking about meeting people on their level, which somehow implies these people are on a lower level. And Dan saying, my men. I wouldn't stand for my men's room being like this. And I was also interested in Lizzie's comments in what she would do if she got her hands on Russ. I hope he'll reappear. I love his ironic comments on life in Ambledge. Just my thoughts then. So have a lovely week, everyone. You know what? I don't like disagreeing with, with Dumpty Dummers. And I'm sure Charlotte from Bath, though she did say it was Bath. Dan is an officer. He would say, 
my men because actually they are he has uh, charge of, as a captain charge of them thank yeah. you thank you that's the word i was searching for and, and you yeah. rescued me so he would say that's not condescending that's legally what yeah. they are and in terms of military parlance they absolutely are in fact, as you know, I've got a son who's a captain in the British Army. In fact, oh, him yeah. and Dan have the same voice. That, so, and I don't think Christopher's acting. So Dan's very definitely spent time with a uh, British Army uh, trained person. And yeah, they do talk about my men or the men or, you know, it is, they are in charge of them. They take them off and they're all looked after under this one little, by one little boy in my world. I agree. But I agree with everything else that Charlotte said completely. I, d I don't think that the writing, there was anything wrong with the writing and the way the conversations. I felt cringy for Neil when, when Sheila spoke to uh, Sheila. Shula spoke to Neil. I felt like cringing about that, but I think the whole world was cringing for Neil. You know, I couldn't quite work out whether he was being diplomatic or whether he generally had just forgotten. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I mean, he's I, put it like that. You know, <laughs> because for him, they are just friends, and he's obviously devoted to Susan, and there was just no hint of anything. Either one of those scenarios mm. could well be true that he was just being diplomatic, oh, of course, no, Shula, duh, 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 you know, type of thing, or he's just like, I didn't remember. <laughs> yeah. just like, it couldn't be it, very it, much it, that, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. this math, this meant so, so it was just a nothing burger for me that i yeah. forgot you made a pass at me which actually is even worse <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? if it was that it was a real slap in the face for poor shula wasn't <laughs> it but they're, they're very old friends they're they're you know they've been friends since they were teenagers so you know can you mm. i don't even want to think about it <clears throat> but i am remembering this correctly way 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 back when didn't they go out on a couple of dates before yeah. he yes okay all yeah right. i think so yeah i think yeah. i'm remembering yeah. that as well yeah all right so moving on from charlotte from bath we now go to polly perks who's another blast from the ambridge pass with a name like that hi there it's polly perks here just phoning in i just re-listened to the rave episode one thing that occurred to me is that russ or the sws had nicked your caller inera Russ called Lily the perfect planner -er -er I think they stole that from you. Now, my point is that Ben was distraught and obviously very drunk, but he just seemed to be obsessed with Beth and what a mess he'd made. And the idea that he'd taken time out to get together with Chelsea just seems preposterous. Whether it was before that little thing with Josh when he said that he knows Josh is on a promise and he should go, and Josh said, no, don't worry, I've got a number... Either way, it doesn't really make sense. And I just worried that somehow there's going to be a, a huge change of direction and it won't be Ben at all. I don't think Chelsea's lying, but maybe her memory is distorted. No, but then come to think of it, she wasn't out of her head. No, I can't make sense of it at all. Anyway, I'm looking forward very much to the next Dumpty Dum. Wish you both well and all the Dumpty Dummers out there. Mm. Mm. No, it, this is this is Ben, isn't it? There is no other way around this. Yeah, but when you look at it from all the points of view that, like that, Polly Perks very makes me stop and think. 
Yeah. And the other thing is Ben was drunk. Yeah, very drunk. Very drunk. Out of it drunk. That's why I can't. That's why I can't work out that it was if it was at the rave. But we don't know, do we? We don't actually. We're all assuming it's the rave. Mm. But we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But anyway, but I, is it me or does does Polly Perks have a, a most wonderful voice? Uh, absolutely be- lovely. Really, really lovely. Very nice mm. voice. Res- reson- resonant and comes across really, really well. Good caller in a, for your voice, even as well as whatever yeah. you say. You know what? <laughs> I, felt, I felt very reassured <laughs> when, when Polly Perks was, was, was talking. Can you actually remember when Polly Perks was actually an actor in The Archers? I- Yes, I do remember because I actually, it's one of my earliest adult memories of mm. her dying. I was in my kitchen in my house in Tunbridge, came in mm. from work and they put the radio on and there she was, dying. Approximately what year would that have been? 78, 79, maybe 80, mm. something like that. Mm. Right. Well, well, thank you for reminding us of an old classic character from The Archers, Polly Perks. Now, from Polly Perks, we go for Claire from Clapham. Hi, Dum to Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Well, I'm very disappointed in the outcome of Who's the Daddy? It was just too perfect between Beth and Ben, but just it's the maximum drama option, isn't it? And I'm wondering whether my plot prediction... She'll tell Ben, which she's done, she'll have a termination with Ben's support. And then Ben has got to make the decision about whether or not to tell Beth. And he might not, and then it'll all come out later. That might have the maximum impact in the long run. So keep up your good work. Speak to you soon. Bye. Over to you. I've run out of, I don't know what more to say anymore now. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Well done, Claire. In fact, I thought it was Claire that spoke earlier and it was Rachel. So sorry, Rachel, I muddled up when I said that's what Rachel said. I mean, I meant that's what Rachel said, not what Claire said. Yeah, very good, Claire. Very good. Thank you for telling us that because we agree. You know what's also awesome about these scores? Considering we have 64 million hundred, right? We literally I've lost, have 64 I've lost million in my notes here. <laughs> you had to but, turn pages over, pages and pages of them. But, but you know what? The vast majority of people were very short and succinct. Yeah, very good. Not not too but rambly. They didn't actually, yeah, ramble blather on. So we've got to thank you for that. Uh, yeah. So well done, everybody. So that's Claire from Clapham. Now we're going to Rob Williams. Hello, Roy Field and Jacqueline. Rob Williams here. Not my first time calling in, but the first time since the regime change. I was surprised to see your request for calls given the events of the last week. I thought the lines would have been buzzing. My thought is that most people have vented their collective spleens on Facebook. Last week's podcast gave me a lot to think about, and my usual first post of call tends to be Facebook. I don't really understand Twitter and don't really like listening to my nasal drone on here. The future for Chelsea and Ben. Will they get together? Doubtful. When she was talking about the father, Chelsea said that it was just one of those things and she didn't really fancy him, so it wouldn't be a marriage made in heaven. And Ben has just got back together with Bess, or Beth, whichever one isn't the dog. So this will cause all (laughs) manner of disruption, if not termination of that relationship. Two lives changed forever. I think it will be many more than two. Take care, everyone. So Rob Williams, what did he have to say for himself? 
Well, in fact, he's said something that we've noticed as well, because we think, we, we always think of Dumpty Dum as starting on the Twitters, but mm-hmm. Facebook, Facebook and the Facebook group has really become where people put down their thoughts and have long conversations. And I mean, I'm quite impressed with the conversations, the string of conversations that people have. And Rob is very proactive in that. So thank you for all the work on there, Rob, along with others, many others. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, Rob, and I I did say this on on the Facebook group. So here's a reason if you're listening to this podcast, and you're not part of the Facebook group to become part of it. I think what happens is when there's a big week, everybody thinks everybody else is going to call in and fundamentally Mm. say the things that they were going to say, when actually it's the other way around. It's on the quieter weeks when people are picking over the runes and and the nuance of things, then people actually call in. But when it's a big week, people just go, well, everyone's going to call in. Won't bother this week. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, I won't get on. So I I think that's what's happened. And my goodness, as I said at the start of the show, we went from about 2 p.m. having four calls to having 19. People know we have thrown one call to the wolves, so to speak. It's completely been thrown into uh, into the trash bin. And that is our Philippa and Quentin. They, they even called in together, but they kindly said, look, you've got so many calls now, so don't bother putting ours on. Let other people speak and we'll call in on another day. So I think that's, you know, that's kind of what, what happened here today. But anyway, from Rob Williams, who's somewhat in this sceptre dial, why don't go to the upper, lower, east, west side and have a touch of the spoons. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here On a noisy New York City street A few random questions and thoughts Regarding this week's bombshell news Which we finally received on Friday First, scriptwriters torturing us all week was unnecessary We still don't know how far along in the pregnancy Chelsea is information we need to know. Wouldn't that be one of the first questions Tracy asked? Just because Tracy and Jazzer are working class, it doesn't mean they can't think in more abstract terms. Jazzer storming off to confront Alistair with little thought about it, similar to Tracy confronting Russ, I feel was a bit of a caricature of them. Now to Ben. Sorry, scripter writers, I don't buy it. In my humble opinion, Ben was too besotted with Beth and too depressed following the breakup to go off or get off with anyone else. Others may and will disagree. Finally, the ramifications when others find out about it. Beth betrayed again. Will Josh be there to pick up the pieces? I hope not. Finally, Vince. Oh my God, the volcano will explode. Will both Ben and David survive it? Please discuss. Talk to you soon. (laughs) So much to discuss there and not enough time to do it. <clears throat> yeah, how far along is Chelsea? Good question with a spoon. That's something I've been asking for weeks now. It's and why hasn't she seen a health professional? You know, because she's just not mature enough. And, no. and but but to be fair to her, the this has hit her out of out of nowhere. She doesn't have the emotional fortitude to deal with it. Hence her fight or flight, and she took of the flight mode yeah you know one of the things that I, I was really struck by and was when she did say to Alistair you know you know what do I do you know what's the law and she said I've looked on the internet and it's you know and it's contradicting itself and I said to myself surely the basics everybody does know but I'm 53 
she's 17. Mm. You know, of course she doesn't know. So I think that gives you the answer, the reason why maybe she hasn't gone to a health professional yet, because she just doesn't know. Her world, mm. and as one of the Corinneras before said, this is the first time she's had to deal with something truly adult, of which there yeah. is necessarily no right or wrong answer. Depending on which answer, which path you go down, it has big, big ramifications. And she's 17, hence she's not doing the things which older, more mature people would do who find themselves, you know, in, in that in that position. She's just young, which to, again says young. to yeah. me, you shouldn't be doing this, you know, mm. in terms of going through with the pregnancy, I should say. I think also she is in school and we don't know what happens off mic, as it were. And mm. she may have referred to somebody at school here that you have somebody who's in charge of pastoral care mm. and health care. So I don't know. So what else did he have to say? He doesn't buy Ben. Me neither with a spoon. I'm with you there. Yeah, but Ben wasn't Ben. That that night though that that's the whole. Oh, you know, that's your argument, this. isn't it? Yeah, you've said that twice now. You know how if she was basically on something, we don't know. No, although she, I do remember Tracy talking about her coming home, being home by ten thirty, and going straight to bed, but being very sober. The other thing that Witherspoon said was about Vince and and him blowing his top. I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I think that, you know, Vince has gone very silent. As far as ripping the solar panels off David's barn is concerned, you know, they'll have a contract. He won't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the other thing is as well, and could play out in, in so many different ways, you know, yeah. if you do like a, a decision tree from here, yeah. fundamentally, she's going to have it yes or no. That's the one decision tree. Then if she's not going to have it, do her and Ben just keep this to themselves? Yeah. Of which then, and I think Claire from Clapham said this, then many years down the line, this Mm. will come back to bite the pair of them. Yeah. And the other side of the decision tree, you're going to keep it. Are you going to give it up for adoption or try and raise the child? And then if you're going to, try and raise the child then there's a whole plethora of other decisions then come in of how it's going to affect constant decision making constant decision making you know the effect it has on david and ruth yeah let alone jazz (laughs) (laughs) i I really like your david impression there (laughs) great (laughs) anyway anyway mr spoon thank you crumbs we still have one two three four five six all right so no more all right no more chat from me uh, you're up next hello royfield jacqueline and all the dumpty dummers it's sazer in kent here so difficult really to comment on the whole paternity issue because we haven't heard the fallout yet and it's bound to be absolutely massive but i did want to just say how irritating i found dan was this week i thought it was lovely that he came back but how condescending was he and also really hoping that he doesn't start something with Chelsea, which did sound as if it might be on the cards. Okay, enjoy the next week, everybody. Creepy Dan. He was a bit creepy when he said, I met her in the cafe. <laughs> the thing is about Dan as well, he just felt, I was going to say a bit stiff, right? Yeah. But dare I say, not only is he an officer, it's also Shula's son. So yes. he's not going to be Mr... 
out there jazz hands look at me is he you know he's going to be a bit kind of controlled a bit clipped and you know and and you know, in control, which is... Well, that was how he was when he went away. When he announced that mm. he was going into uh, to, uh, into the Sandhurst. army... Sandhurst. Sandhurst. God, I forgot what the name was. <laughs> Ridiculous. But when he announced he was going to Sandhurst, that, I mean, he, that's how he was. He announced it in a very methodic, methodical and cold, and that was his decision, and they, nobody was going to be able to talk him out of it. And he's continued to be that adult personality, so mm. I don't find him condescending, really. Mm. Just rather, rather beige, beige, yeah. But he sits, yeah. but he's but as you say, Shulason. Yeah. Shulason. Come on, come on, get on. Right. Right. Sandra, Muckles. Sandra. All right, all right, right. <laughs> Hello, this is Sandra calling in from Waterlooville. I'm probably in a minority. Well, I'm sure I am, but I would have been content not to know who's the daddy. I wasn't able to listen live on Friday evening, but when I did hear, I was disappointed to find out that it was Ben. My hope is that Chelsea goes ahead with the termination. That's all from me for the moment. Bye. Good call. Succinct. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree. I, I know everybody was screaming from the roof, rooftops. We want to know who's the daddy. But actually, yeah, it could have been just terminated and that would be the end of it. And we'd be left wondering like the bunting. Mm. You know what? That would have been quite interesting, wasn't it? If you if you hadn't have said, had the termination, and then two years later down the line, let's say that the father, who didn't even know there was a father, says something to her you know, in the ball, and she turns around and says, how dare you say that to me? And actually, you know, you yeah. locked me up three years ago. I mean, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It, it, very good. I And I we, like that scenario, but it's, we're beyond that now, sadly, Sandra. Are, but uh, thank we you are. very much for putting that thought in my head. I wish <laughs> they'd gone that way down. <laughs> right, from Sandra, now it's Griselda. Having listened to the Archers for more than 50 years, ups and downs, I was pretty sad when Nigel jumped off the roof or was pushed off the roof. But actually, this story has made me sadder than ever. I'd like some good news. I think they've made a mistake with this, personally, but maybe it will attract more youngsters. Doubt it. What about us old-timers, I'd say? I don't know why. In fact, my mother and I had a conversation about it, and she doesn't. She's disappointed with the script writers as well. But I think we've got a young person somewhere along the line who's going to call us in, call her in her anyway. I don't think she's as very taken with Ben's storyline either. Hi, Roy Fred and Jacqueline. It's Julia from Manchester here. I just had to leave doing my big shop in the supermarket because I had this brainwave of an idea. Maybe Beth will cheat on Ben in I think it's Magaluf she's gone to. And then the whole Chelsea drama won't seem as big of an issue. Well, what happens in MAGA might not stay in MAGA, if you know what I mean. Hope you both had a lovely week and looking forward to this week's podcast. Thanks. Good. Good contrast between Griselda's view and, and Julia's view. I like that. Mm. And you can see her coming back and then, you know, it being, you know, pair of them being a bit weary for a day or two. Yeah. You know, she's thinking, well, I did snog that that bloke blah 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 and then he's thinking oh my god how do i even tell her this mm. and then of course she'll go first type of yeah. thing yeah and say it's ben a, please a forgive of, me 
Yeah, but it's a bit shades of the Russ and Lily thing as well, though. In the same, you know, it's in the same lines. If if she does get up to something in Magaluf, but who knows? Mm. <laughs> we can all let our imaginations run wild, but only the script writers know where they're going with this. <laughs> very true. Very true. Now we're up, we're on the final straight, everyone. Now we have Auntie Annie. Hello, this is Annie, also known as Auntie Annie on the Twitters, a very long time lurker listener, but first time caller. And I was just really responding to Royfield's call to arms to phone in today. And so thank you, Royfield, for prompting me for my first time call. And really, the only thing I have to express is my utter despair about the fatherhood of Chelsea's baby. I had hoped that Ben and Beth would be a long standing couple in the arches without more drama. Beth was, in my view, unbearable over her last misunderstanding with Ben. So goodness knows what she'll be like now he's actually done something. Doesn't seem that the future of Brookfield is in that particular pair of safe hands. So roll on Pip and Stella. Yeah, roll on Pip and Stella. That sounds very good. I find this quite interesting how many people have expressed the view that they saw Ben and Beth as a long-term a long-term couple, future at Brookfield. I know it's been written a bit like that with all the the Granny Jill stuff. But what do you think, wife? Did you see no, them as long-term? I, well, I definitely see them as long ter- a long-term couple on the show, but they're not going to be Brook- Brookfield, are they? Because, yeah. like, Ben's not a farmer. No, not he, at he all. He is, but he isn't, you know. No. It, that is Pip and Josh. You know, yeah, Josh, Pip more than Josh, really, as well. Yeah, no, no, yeah. You know, Pip... Like Pip is going to take over the running of Brookfield, and it's going to be the first time we have a woman who, yeah. in effect, is is running is running the farm. Obviously, we had Phil, then David, and then it's going to be it's going to be Pip. But Ben, you know, is a nurse. Mm. You know, so they're never going to run Brookfield. But I think, as a couple, I think the, one of the reasons why people thought they're going to be around forever, and I kind of hope that they are is because they're kind of solidly boring. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. They're, mm. they're solid, a little bit stolid. They both are incredibly well-meaning. They don't have another side to them. You know, they one of them isn't totally entrepreneurial and aspirational. They're just no. like good, solid. Yeah. They individuals who, who have kind of found each other so then people go put two and two together and go haha well these are going to be around around forever mm. and also she's beth has now got a seal of approval auntie annie was our last caller in her on a week and a half of action in in ambridge and we had the requisite amount of calls we and did do indeed we have any emails though madame berto yeah. Yes, we do. This is a prediction, which was originally a tweet, but the tweeter emailed me anonymously. And she says, Ben will not want Chelsea to have the baby and will ask her to make sure that Beth doesn't find out. Chelsea will go ahead with the pregnancy regardless, and I can't wait for David and Ruth to find out. Hashtag the archers. Mm. There we go. There's There's another one, I think. Okay. Go for it. Okay, it's from Purple Pumpkin. Hi, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with an emailer in her, which is rare for Purple Pumpkin. (laughs) I was thinking that while some of us have complained about the shoehorning in of new young characters and people of colour, we have in fact come to care a great deal about Chelsea and Brad. 
And in the Horobins, we seem to have a struggling working class family who are something of an antidote to the Del Boy sensibilities of the Gundys. Meanwhile, I for one am wondering whether Denise's temporary absence is to allow her to come back having shed her husband and ready to see Alistair with new eyes. I continue to think there are some off notes to the new regime at Archer's HQ and I'm with Claire Asprey on how ridiculous it will be if Linda and Just- Justin have a dalliance and Jacqueline. I, I, that's me adding that bit. <laughs> but I want to give kudos to the script writers and editors for bringing in rounded new characters who we do care about and who aren't yet more white middle-class voices. Bye for now. What a great email. Thank you for that, Purple Pumpkin. And don't forget, if you don't want to call in, call her in or her in, quite simply, you can send us an email by going on to dumdrum.com and hitting the Contact Us tab. And you can send us a message there. Or you can also do it by going on to WhatsApp. And it's plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. You can send us a textual message via that electronic means as well. And you know what we haven't done for a few weeks, Madame Berto? What's that? We haven't told people that they can actually send us in a dum-de-dum. Oh, yes, they can. Mm. So why don't you go to speakpipe.com, play kazoo, sing, maybe knock your bongos. I tell you what, one of the things people love to do, get your cute kid out and get them to maybe hum the theme tune to Barwick Green and invariably they do it a little bit badly, which makes it even cuter. So quite simply, we need more dum-de-dums. Speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum or go on to dum-de-dum.com and hit that little red tab and send us in a dum-de-dum because we are just about almost out of them. I think we've got two more left. It's time for you, dum-de-dummer, to rally to the aid of your podcast and send us in a dum-de-dum. Now, on this point, I then read out some five-star or maybe two-star, one-star reviews on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We're now out this week. So please, good people, we do need to continue this section of the show for no other reason than the more reviews we get, the more listeners we get. So please, next week, don't let us down. Write us a review. We will find it. Now, if you've written us a review on another platform, we won't see it unless you tell us. So tell us and then we will read that out also. It must be time for us to hear about what our Facebook posse have been talking about on Facebook. Hey up my ducks, it's Katie here at KTP Land on Twitter and Instagram. We'll start with praise from Josh Steinhurst, who thinks we have a great set of well-written storylines at the moment. Me too, Josh. First, we tackled Chelsea's baby daddy storyline, which had everyone speculating about the possibilities. We saw posts from our usual contributors, as well as some new ones, which was great. There are far too many to mention on here, but some names included Chris Bowles-Acre, Amanda Kitely, Paul Newman, Sarah Spilsbury, Timothy Allen, Susan Delamere, Marla Blum, Amy Elizabeth Tackett and Mundo Sven. Some post highlights are Our Witherspoon winning the award for best spoiler warning post. Ruth Paul asking for everyone's ideas on who's the daddy, though she announced bets are off on every single male aged from 15 to 90. Wowzer. Karen Cunningham loved the idea of the dad being a son of the gills at home farm and Chelsea inheriting Jenny Darling's kitchen. (laughs) I loved following Melly McMerryweather in her post as she found out live in the episode. And lastly, Sean McKeenan made a good point. He said, I'm sure Vince will be fine when he hears. He doesn't seem like the kind of person to overreact. Yoink. 
The second hot topic was Shula and her departure. Louise Lawton posted twice, once about the lovely surprise in the horse box, and then on how well Shula's part was written in Friday's episode. Darcy Jorgensen shared a great link about Shula, Judy and Brian Charles, well worth a read. And Laura Jackson shared the link confirming Shula's departure, with her last episode being on the 30th of September. In other news, Melanie Hill shared the sad news that it looks like the BBC have decided not to restart their studio tours. But Sally Wood shared a great link in the comments to a guide to the archers, locations that inspired the series. Rob Williams shared an enamel badge company that definitely has an archers fan working for them. He also posted a few more times following on from last week's Dumpty Dum and the topics that got him thinking. Pam Delay posted a great question, asking everyone for their worst breakup storylines. Some great blasts from the past, as well as some newer ones there. Mike Jennings posted Brad and George's new character photos, and they really do suit them perfectly. Mia Fox, like the rest of us, had forgotten how annoying Chris's voice is. Our Philippa listed all the unanswered questions we have, and there's a few. Karen Cunningham asked if any character has had a better journey than Jim Lloyd. Hard to argue when you read her explanation. One last post from Rob Williams asked who would actually be up for a Dumpty Dum meetup in 2023. I know I'd love to meet as many of you as possible, so join in the discussion thread and let's cross our fingers. One last thing to say, Harry Clark, I hope you enjoyed your omnibus catch-up. As usual, welcome to the newbies, make yourselves known. Settle in with a cuppa and let us know your thoughts. Until next time, ta Katie, that was an awesome roundup. You really did dig deep on our Facebook page. Thank you for everybody who has posted their thoughts. And again, thank you to everybody today who rallied to the aid of the podcast and gave us another 15 caller in us after we only had a measly four. That is the power of the Facebook group. And now we should really welcome new members to our Facebook group. This week we had... Sean McKeehan. Catherine Waghorn. Georgina Reese. Hi, Georgina. Leslie Jackson. And Kelly Olds. I know Georgina. I used to call her Georgie, I... though. <laughs> How do you know Georgie? Her mum and dad used to be neighbours here. Ah. Well, that's nice when somebody from your past suddenly creeps out, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. We always include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your opening for the tweet along, both in the evenings and during the omnibus. Please try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. I can also occasionally be found on the Twitter, and I'm at Jberto Sanguen. Ashing, you know what comes next. We're talking about Twitter, it's time for Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline, and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. It was another fine week on the Twitters with fierce competition for the medal positions. There were at least three great BBC intersections for hashtag the Archers on Twitter this week. Bernadette Hawkes at ArchersFan15 and others suggested we need an Archers character or actor on Strictly Come Dancing, not least because they find it difficult to remember to use hashtag Strictly instead of hashtag the Archers now the new season of the dance show is on. Then Waking Kraken at Triffid Oil Inc. started lobbying for Mark Steele's in town to visit a town in Borsetshire 
a proposal seconded by Claire Asprey at Claire J Asprey. Meanwhile, Ninesy at Ninesy, Charlie Notton at 19CEN, and Kevin West at The Kever managed to turn a tweet street about Lillian, Alice and the Stables into a round of the impenetrable game, Mornington Crescent. Radio 4 producers would be proud. So to the medals for this week. In bronze position, with his hallmark brief tweet summarising the week, it's Charlie Notton at 19CEN with a Ben in the oven. In silver, it's Patricia at Olympians. Russ left the village, Shula is leaving. Just saying. And in gold, it's Sue at Tartan Mog. Do we all have to eat fish paste sarnies and wear beige cardies with our best jeans to mark Shula's departure? Well, that's it for this week. See you all again at the next Tweet Along. Thank you, Theo. Your second bite of the Dundee Dum Cherry this week. An email or inra from you, and now your much vaunted Tweet of the Week. As well as Twitter, we are also on Instagram, where Katie, who did the social media roundup, plays a blinder. So if you want to see Dum Dee Dum on Instagram, why don't you go follow us where we are at Dum Dee Dum on there. And thanks as ever to all our contributors, especially those people who rallied round today and gave us all this work to do this evening. <laughs> all your, with all your calls. No, it's fine. Don't worry, guys. It's nearly midnight here. <laughs> 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 it's been great. I've loved all the calls. It's been brilliant. We almost didn't have to speak and we still did, didn't we? Anyway, thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy D. Freeman. Boom. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.